0: Previously on this Feelman and Hooley We Tackle Life podcast.
1: Uh, the record isn't in the
0: big They're, they're like. a bubble team at this point in time, but they're going to be fine. They're going to figure it out. And I I think they'll probably be a four, five, six seed in the NCAA yeah. tournament, I would say.
1: You, you know what I'm looking for is how well Dwayne Washington and Luther Muhammad come off of suspension. Yep. Right? Because both of them were struggling offensively. A no bit, doubt. Right? No doubt. And, and so maybe the, this timeout or this... Reset, I guess, or the second chance. And, you know, I think Chris Holman has a pretty good feel and control.
0: Yeah, well, all Over those things that we thought uh, going into Penn State, it. Mr. Spiel. <laughs> a reset and uh, four or five seed. Uh, we reserve the right to uh, change those opinions in the wake of a. What was it? Uh, 90, 90? Yeah, it wasn't 90. wasn't even close. 90 to 76. It wasn't that close. It really wasn't, no. We got four garbage points in the last couple seconds. Um, man, Ohio State basketball. Wow, are they in trouble entering a Thursday game against Minnesota at home. Hi, everybody. Welcome to a bit of a snowy Monday morning on the Spielman and Hooley We Tackle Life podcast. Mr. Spielman back from Connecticut. Yeah. There's snow up there.
1: Yeah, a lot of snow. In fact, on Saturday night uh, was uh, a little bit of a blizzard, but it Ooh. was they do a good job of clearing. We were out there by Sunday morning. I have some stories I'll share with Great. you on Fantastic. a faith based uh, excellent perspective when we when we get to that part of the segment. But I was. To my excitement on Saturday, then much to my dismay, mm. I did find ESPNU. You U. did. You uh, I made ventured an effort. out
0: in the uh, blizzard <laughs> to find ESPNU in Connecticut, because I'm sure they didn't I have met, it at your hotel. I, I
1: went amongst the woke population yes. of New Haven, Connecticut, Fantastic. and many people understand and know this, that uh, Yale oh, is home of New Haven, yes, Connecticut. Yes, that's right. And one of the things that people don't know about me, not even you, mm-hmm. is that for whatever reason, growing up, I originally wanted to go to Yale.
0: I did not know that. You're and, right. And
1: it was really cool. And there was a cap you know, the Yale Bowl there, which sure. is Michigan is built off the Yale Bowl yeah. and the Rose Bowl is designed off the Yale bowl. Carm Coza, the head coach of of Yale, Dick Jerron played at Yale. Jack Ford, who's a uh, you see him on T V as a uh-huh. legal analyst for NBC played at Yale, the history and tradition. And I got to tell you, for whatever reason, for my taste, it is the coolest place that I think I've... Have you ever been there?
0: No, I have not been to uh, the, the
1: The architecture and the history and... Wow, that's neat. And I'm walking up and down and everybody's... I'll share some more stories about this, but I'm just reading the history of some of the athletes there and what they go on to accomplish and the contributions to society. Not only... It, it, and it doesn't even matter, like, where you fall on the... Faith end or the or the political spectrum or whatever. It's just the amazing accomplishments accomplishments that this uh, population of Yale has uh, has created and contributed to our society. It's just uh, it was a a fun place for me, and you know that I am a fan of history. You are and, yes, and I think to honor those people that have. Made great contributions to Arsati. It was well worth the trip for me. But I had some other interesting experiences that I'll get into. Great. So but you venture out. I did out. Find, yes, find the yeah. game.
0: You're all excited.
1: I was excited because I told you, and, you you know, I when I'm working in the football, I, I said, I'm not going to get into this mm-hmm. basketball thing yet. I'll just trust on what you're telling me. And... Um, you know, I love as you know, I love basketball. And then uh, my problem is, like everything, I can't just dip my toe in it. I got to go all in. And then I become a fan, and I become frustrated, like most fans. And my assessment of this team, one of the questions that I asked, what was Dwayne Washington going to look? He's, he's our best threat. He's our best player. He's the best player off the dribble. He's the best three point shooter. He can create. He's the only one that can create on a consistent basis where he can take it to the hole, he can kick it out, he can hit a pull-up jumper, or he can sit outside the three and knock down threes. Everybody else is inconsistent. I don't think they're a uh, a mentally tough team. Mm -mm. I don't think they're a physically tough team. Mm -mm. And I think Coach Holtman, it was interesting, they showed a couple um, shots of him on the sidelines and it was the first time in his career uh, that I noticed, and I'm trying to think of the look um, extreme, either extreme frustration or it was extreme anger or it was like, I don't know what else to do.
0: Yeah, I've tried everything. Yeah, that's how it looks to me. Um, the loss is not in and of itself disgraceful uh, because, look, Penn State, they were going to want a piece of them after losing to him by more than 30 and Penn State's a good team. They won five in a row after they lost to Ohio State. They were 12-4 and four coming in. The Big Ten's a tough place to win on the road. I think only six of 44 road teams had won a game. So, you know, if you go over there, you compete hard, you're, you're in it. They were never in it. Two minutes into the game, the game's over. I mean, they they weren't hopelessly behind, but the mindset that I saw, missing shots under the basket. I mean, just, and it's, you know, somebody tweeted me during the game. Why doesn't he, like, change the lineup? I'm like, okay, you got Kyle Young. When Kyle Young is not finishing at the rim because he's just not tough enough on that particular day, which is extremely rare, uh, you got issues. He he pulled Kyle Young out. Played Kyle Young 12 minutes because he didn't see the effort he wanted out of Kyle Young. He pulled Caleb Wesson out when he got beat on defense twice in a row. I mean. You only got so many guys over there. It's not a football roster. You have 53 guys to shove in there. And so, um, look, I am I too old school? You know what I wrote yesterday after the game about how they just got punked by Lamar Stevens dunking on him yeah. in the last two and a half minutes ago. It's a 12-point game. Penn State should be pulling the ball out, running clock. Lamar Stevens bringing the ball across half court. He sees an opening. E.J. Liddell's playing lazy defense, and he sees a wide open lane, and he's like, hey, I'm just going to go in there and posterize these guys. And they just let him.
1: Is that kid a senior?
0: Yes. Lamar Stevens, yes.
1: A very good player. A very, a very, good good player. A very good player. Very good player. I think that's the difference of maturity, and there, there was such an edge. I the, the one thing I'll disagree with you on, just just a tad, I don't think missing – it's very frustrating when they miss at the basket, when they miss – missed left.
0: 11 shots – I don't mean in the lane. I mean at, at the, the rim, rim right. in the first half. 11. That That's
1: not a question of toughness and effort. That's just a question of execution, in my opinion. I mean, you got to be able to make those. I get it. You're a Ohio State basketball. You're a Big Ten team. You, you can't miss 11 of them. I mean, I can.
0: In a half. You
1: know, you might miss three or four, right? Go 8-4-11 uh-huh. around there. I mean, you get a bad bounce. Whatever. Yeah. Things things happen like that. But, uh, yeah, that that was the uh, the defining moment of where they are in this season right now right Stevens i mean it's just wham here it know, comes take the, it yeah the, yeah and you know i think guys were avoiding contact i don't know i don't know the what's taught or what's not taught but i go back and i think of some of the tough players
0: uh keith wesson i don't think keith I don't wesson that that happens to keith <laughs> i mean no. right does it doesn't happen to jim smith perry carter doesn't happen to perry carter jimmy jackson nope <laughs> nope not happening to Chris Gent, not happening to Mark Baker, <laughs> not it's happening a, to J.J. Sollinger. Or, or, yeah, yeah, that's not that, happening.
1: Yeah, those were the not guys
0: happening to Dallas Lauderdale
1: was J.J. Uh, Sollinger, the one that uh, that I said would be a great tight. end? remember I came in after watching him play yeah. and I was yeah. I just think, you know, what a tough competitor yeah. he was. So, yeah, but it yeah. is
0: happening to Amir Williams and it is happening to Jayquan Lyle and Mark Luffing and. You don't want to be in that crew, you know. It, it happened against David Lighty. No, I know that. it's not happening to David Lighty. So you know that's just like, thank you, sir. May I have another? Uh, that's a bad attitude to have on a team. That's a team with no confidence right well, now. Well, it's a big test
1: coming up because Minnesota Ooh. was the first one to beat them, correct? When they started this little losing streak, and and and, and enjoyed it and
0: yeah. enjoyed it, and you know did and I was like, hmm. Didn't really see what I wanted to see out of that one. I'm like, okay, you know, they're a 9-0 star. All right, they were due for a stinker. That one may have been more who they were than what we saw earlier. And uh, I look, warned you, buddy. Yeah, you did. And I, I love, you know, Ohio State hoops. You all know I'm. it's my one crazy fan gene is Ohio State hoops. But uh, they got issues, man. And uh, they got a chance here now to get to 500 in the Big Ten because they have Minnesota at home, at Northwestern. Northwestern's bad and Indiana at home on February the 1st. So they I got can't a chance. Wait for the candy-stripe pants. One of, of the chance. greatest
1: traditions in college basketball history. So what, let's I that. mean, how do you not get excited? And I know we're playing in, at home, but yeah. how do you get not get excited at Alumni Hall and you see that candy-stripe warm-up pants come out of the locker room? How do you Cause not you get have, excited? Because you have
0: taste, I guess, <laughs> would be my answer. <laughs> Yeah, Strap and Ollie and uh, Jimmy Chitwood are coming over yeah. on Saturday, so hopefully we'll punk them. Damon like Bailey. Lamar Stevens punked uh, Ohio State, so yeah, they got to figure it Scott out. Scott May. Remember Scott May? I do remember Kent Scott Kent Benson. Kent Benson, yes. Yes, indeed. I, I uh, Years ago, I took a friend to an Indiana game. He's an Indiana fan, uh, my friend Dennis. You're friends with a... The- Yes. that's just Well, that could be our, our faith-based segment, how you lower yourself. Yes, I, to got the- to, I got to know him as my as my church brother before I knew he was an Indiana fan.
1: <laughs> Put so yourself thought, amongst the unclean, you know, Bruce. Good job I, by you.
0: I'm going to a game in Bloomington. Let's take Dennis along. I don't think he'd ever been to Assembly Hall, so we took him. You, know, you Oh, alumni. It. Yeah, it's Assembly he Hall. He just man. had the best time ever. I mean, he just loved it. Ohio State won a game, so I was in a good mood driving home. We stopped for gas. We get out at the gas station, and they're filling up his – Truck is XIU forward Ted Kitchell. You know, just yeah, it'd be like if you saw Chris Jen at a gas station now. Okay. And my friend Dennis, I think he heard harps playing and angels singing <laughs> when he saw Ted Kitchell. The hero worship cool. was amazing. So, yes, it was a pretty, pretty cool little moment. So, uh, that's your Ohio State basketball update. And it's, I wish I had more good things to say, but I don't. You can read the story about me saying that. Uh, Jim O'Brien's words from 20 years ago in a loss at Minnesota where Sam Jacobson was just shooting and shooting and shooting and shooting to pad his stats at the end, and and the Buckeyes just took it. It was Obie's first year. You guys may remember they lost 18 in a row in a big Down <laughs> Obie after the game in a way only Obie could said, you think somebody would knock him on his ass? <laughs> <laughs> and Jim O'Brien was a guy who, in practice with the Kentucky Colonels, Was getting lit up by Rick Mount, legendary Purdue or Purdue player. One day in practice, his teammate was lighting him up, and O'Brien finally just enough, just like fought him right in practice. That's the attitude you have to have. It's a tough conference; you got to be tough. I'm I'm anxious uh, to
1: see. When's Coach Holtman talking to the media again? When are you going down there? Wednesday. Wednesday. When's the game? Thursday. Yeah. Are you going Thursday. down there?
0: Oh yes, I'll be there.
1: Do you, you know what question you're going to try to pose yet, or you just got to think about it a little bit longer? No,
0: I know one. I know. Do you feel like your team is not listening to you anymore? You're going to ask that? I am. Feel like you feel like you're able to reach your team.
1: Wow, that's that's like uh, I'm interested to see how he responds to that.
0: And I don't mean that as an indictment of him. I don't want people to think, I'm not laying this on him. This is, as I said on Twitter, which you follow Why on Twitter. Why would not
1: lay it on him, though? That's, I, I'm, I just, I, I,
0: well, this, I mean, ultimately, I believe every player has to have a certain amount of pride sure, and be driven inside. Line, right? And then the coach gets more out of you. But I'm That's not sure the, the coach's job. I know yeah. it is. And I, I'm not absolving him of that job. I'm saying, I don't think the players are giving him to start out with what you know, you need to meet him like at a certain point. I'm not sure they're doing that. I think they got so enamored with their early success, they were like, "Hey, this is just going to happen." Yeah, it's just not going to happen. You have to make it happen, and then you have to listen to your coach and be willing to do it. Now, you know, he'll say they're young. I'm, I'm not sure they're younger than a lot of other really good elite college basketball teams. They're not younger well, than Duke. They got a junior, they got a junior, you know, Alpha and Caleb Wesson. I mean, in terms of their best player. They got a senior in oh, the are you starting sure lineup. He's uh,
1: the best player.
0: Well, purportedly, allegedly.
1: Okay, I mean, I I yeah. mean, I think he's a nice player.
0: Now in it, college it, basketball, it's not it's it's a luxury to have sophomores.
1: Is Caleb Wesson an? He's not an NBA player. I don't think.
0: And look, Keith's going to get really mad because Keith watches Twitter and I, I, Caleb Wesson. To me, I don't know how he plays in the NBA because he can't put the ball on the floor and go get his go make a move. All, all the stretch fours which now are fives in the NBA, right. can do that. The really good ones. Embiid, Anthony Davis, all that. I mean, is he going to make a living in the low post in the NBA? No. no. Is he going to make a living shooting threes in the NBA? No. I think, look, there are worse things in life to be a star in an Ohio State sport and to be the guy who stuck with the team. If I mean, I say, <laughs> he? I say if he'd stay and they'd really be good next year, but I'm not so sure given the attitude they have. But I just think, Caleb Wesson could be a first-team All-American next really? year. Let me say this. I want to make sure I credit Caleb Wesson for the work he's put in. Because when you remember what his body looked like when he came to Ohio State and the work he's put in off-floor, it's not like the young man doesn't want to work. It's not like he doesn't have a hunger to get better. He's added a lot to his game. Certain things, I mean, I could work all day. I'm never going to be able to dunk the ball. Certain things are just you're limited. You get you get certain genes right. to work with. I'm not sure Caleb's ever going to be a high flyer and all that stuff. So, you know, he's got a little bit of the JJ Sollinger in him, but he's really worked hard to make his body what it is and it's an improvement. But does he have more improvement to make as a college basketball player? Yes, he does. Yes, he does. And his future as an NBA player, I would just say, is not guaranteed. It's not I don't, I don't guaranteed. Think it's guaranteed. Yeah. I mean, do you want to go to Europe and I mean you'll make a ton of money. Why not? He'll make a ton of money in Europe. He'll make a ton of money in Europe whenever he goes. So he doesn't need to go like right now unless – I don't know what his – I don't know what their financial situation is. Look, The Wessons look like they're you, doing, you know, reasonably I know. well.
1: Yeah. You know, I just want um, –
0: Maybe he only from, wants to play with Andre. Maybe just, he wants to leave when Andre leaves. No,
1: I, th- I think the kid from Nebraska, the young kid that was battling for rebounds, you don't know who I'm talking to. I don't know. Just the uh,
0: no, I um, I lost interest. In well, I I, <laughs> I I get it. I I
1: get it. I just think just like I lost interest. I mean, in I mean, the this Packers is more in the more of a I, I I think an observation of the whole team when there is a, a certain want to, you know, just yeah, they they're not that. good enough to out talent everybody.
0: The bad thing is, I thought Muhammad brought that to the team. He did, and it looks like he's checked out. He was a non-factor Saturday. If you'd have said to me. Which one of the two guys suspended is going to come back and play like his hairs on fire Saturday? I'd have said, "Wow, it's absolutely Luther Muhammad. Mm -hmm. He was a non-factor."
1: Yeah, well, we'll see if they can turn it around. So,
0: I mean, when Luther Muhammad and Kyle Young's effort is not up to snuff, you are in trouble. I think the effort. Those are the effort guys.
1: But I think the efforts there. It's just that it wasn't the. Maybe that's all they're capable of giving. I'll say toughness. There's a mental. I think certain a mental edge that they're not playing with yeah, that not you, playing they with need it right to now. play with because that's why they were able to get off to a fast start and when adversity set in and which it has set in one of the things you know about a good coach slash good team is they're able to respond and right now they have not mm-hmm. responded and i'm telling you i i it was just in the instant i don't have any scientific Fact on it. It was just an instinct looking at him on the sidelines where he was almost at. I don't know what else to do.
0: Yeah, well, he had that timeout early in the game where he was hacked off. He was very upset with their effort, as well he should have been. So we'll see how things uh, unfold from here. Wednesday, Chris Holtman at Ohio State, and we'll have that for you here on the Spielman and Hooley podcast. You can always email the show, Spielman Hooley podcast at gmail.com. Um, I want to throw out again my uh, offer to any of you who are involved in youth sports. Uh, you're, you know, a supervisory capacity, coach, whatever. Uh, I'm trying to work with uh, some friends of mine in the leadership realm to design a program where we incorporate character development and leadership in uh, youth. It can be high school, it could be, you know, travel baseball, travel basketball, volleyball. Sport doesn't matter. It's basically about character development of young people and uh, leadership principles in a proven leadership training. So. I can't meet your needs as coaches. We can't meet your needs as coaches until we know what exactly your needs are. So reach out to me, podcast at gmail.com, and I'd love to meet with you and find out what your needs are so we can design a better program, uh, something I'm really, really, really excited about. Okay, uh, we've got two teams in a Super Bowl that feature red as their primary color, the 49ers and the Chiefs. It's the first time in history a Super Bowl that's ever happened. And I remember the uh, – boy, I shouldn't say this because people go, you're old, dude – I remember the Chiefs winning the Super Bowl. Do you? You're younger, a couple years younger than me. I don't. So that's one of the very, it is the first Super Bowl that I remember. Um, You know, and I remember, do you remember the legendary NFL Films video of that where Hank Stram is matriculate the ball down the field, boys? Lenny Dawson. Yeah. 65 toss power trap. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. They don't run the 65-toss power trap. They toss it around, but they don't run the ball very much. To uh, City
1: they run it well enough. Yeah, they do, because and... they
0: got to watch Mahomes, who ran it really well yesterday. Mahomes. The game, the game changed totally, I thought, on his 27-yard touchdown run, which was the epitome of NFL rules being what they are, that guys are afraid to hit the quarterback even when you can hit the quarterback.
1: Yeah, especially by the sidelines, right? oh <sighs> I mean, that's just the way it is, and I credit – you know what? I'm I'm sick of of saying the rules are the problem. I credit the quarterbacks yeah. for taking advantage of the rules. And yeah. Patrick Mahomes is a generational talent. Will you agree with me on that?
0: First year he leads him to the championship game, he's first year playing. First
1: year fully starting, year playing, yes.
0: Starting and then he leads him to the Super Bowl and his – third season, second as a starter. And yeah. the
1: roster that they have with Sammy Watkins and Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey and Damon Williams and whoever and whatever other guys a out bunch of there. little fast guys. Except and for Kelsey, a fast guy. I gotta tell you that Andy Reid does a great job of, of designing an offense, designing plays. Just the little stuff like when you bring Tyreek Hill in motion, how he slows everybody down yeah. because you don't want him to get the ball. So that cut, slows down the backside pursuit. So there could be no two different teams playing right now. No, that's for sure. There can be no two different teams in the league. And I like San Francisco because I like the fact that they can bleed you and they can humiliate you, mm-hmm. and they keep coming and coming. I think in the first half, Jimmy Garoppolo attempted six passes yeah, in the attempted first half. two in the second half. Right? And eight total, right? So <laughs> Six of eight. I mean – That's I just, a good drive for I mean, Mahomes. that's just – unheard of in today's day and age yeah. of the NFL and it's a credit to Kyle Shanahan and and John Lynch and the players the offensive and defensive lines are just relentless and ruthless it's they're really a throwback team they're a fun team to watch and i got to tell you they're they're i mean i i get it that the Kansas City Chiefs are are the you know today's day and age yeah. of NFL this is like watching a team from the '60s or '70s, and it was interesting, Bruce. And I'm, maybe we hit on this uh, on Friday when we did the last podcast. But I was talking to an a NFL Fox executive, and I said, "So who do you, who do I want to win, the Chiefs or the Titans?" He said, "Chris, if <laughs> you ever wanted anything in your life." More? <laughs> Put our team. We gotta have, the, gotta Chiefs have in the Chiefs because of what the Chiefs bring to it, and it's it's such a great tradition. The Kansas City Chiefs are Absolutely. a great tradition. Lamar
0: Hunt Trophy is named after you know. the Chiefs owner, and people in Columbus should remember Lamar Hunt. Yep. He's the guy who started the Columbus Crew.
1: And the good news is, war paint was okay. You know, because when they put war 50, paint, war paint, they they put war paint wasn't wasn't coming out of the stall because when they put fifty one up on. Uh, <laughs> The previous week, Warpainton, uh was too tired. I'm not going out there again. You guys aren't paying me enough. I gave so. Warpaint
0: a Red Bull like that <laughs> for this game,
1: just in case he needed it. So it was just uh, it's it's a great Super Bowl matchup. I, I'm excited for it. I I think it's uh, I think it's the two best teams. It's clearly the two best teams in the league. Uh, both of them deserve to be there, and uh, it's going to be fun to watch. I, got- although I would have liked to see Baltimore play. Um. The Chiefs, but and and Vrabes had a great run for what he had. They had a great run, yeah, they
0: did a good job. So now Kerry Combs is free to uh, accept the co defensive coordinator job at Ohio State. And uh, I think he would want to be absolutely positively certain there's no Patrick Mahomes in college football, but that would be one reason to come back to college football. Just on the coming back, uh, people say he is. I I don't really know why that fits to tell you the truth. I think you'd maybe know. hmm? I know why it Well, I mean, he's got uh, – He's a college uh, guy, man. Well, he's a college guy. He's got a college mentality. He's got – look at all the NFL DBs. He's got first-round NFL DBs he has. I mean, anybody – any living room Kerry Combs walks into, uh, (laughs) you better sit up and take notice, young man, because this guy will put you in not just the first round but the top half of the first round of the NFL draft. I just remember something Tim Spencer told me years ago when he left Ohio State, and I thought, you know, Spence was going to stay forever. Former Buckeye great running back. Tough, man. And he just said, the NFL, Bruce, the pension in the NFL for assistant coaches, if you're in there X number of years, is phenomenal. Mm -hmm. But Kerry is going to make over a million bucks at Ohio State, so I'm sure he's doing fine. I just thought, you know, once and he's had tremendous success with the Tennessee Titans. Here's what I think
1: of Kerry. Uh, Tremendous high school coach. Awesome recruiter. Loves and is passionate about everything about football and Ohio State. I don't have any information on this. This is just my. I think he wants to be a college head football coach.
0: That was where I was at a big
1: assuming. school, not at you know, not, not at uh, Cincinnati. No.
0: Well, I see. I think this is a move to get him in position to get the job at Cincinnati. But. Maybe I,
1: I. I can't say no because that's his hometown, so that right. might be the outlier. So I. I don't. I don't know that, but I do know this. I think that Kerry ultimately wants to be a head coach, and if he can come back and be the defensive coordinator at Ohio State. Then he has that NFL stuff on his resume. Mm-hmm. He's done a great job, a great high school coach. He's, I, I love the fact because, you know, he here's a guy that started uh, and worked his way up, and his value was noticed, and Vrabel noticed his mm-hmm. value, went out and got him, and now Ryan Day knows who Kerry Combs is and what he can bring to the table. Not only, obviously, X's and O's, but... Uh, what he can bring to the table as far as recruiting. And why he's a great coach, I remember there was a – I forget the play, was it the Michigan game or whatever game it was when a DB broke up a pass on the goal line and a DB gave Coach Kerry Combs credit because that's something that they anticipated throughout the week that they were going to run that play in the – you know what I'm talking about?
0: What well, was it the two-point play year yes. Devin Gardner? Yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah.
1: And, and they were – they were ready for that play. Mm-hmm. And so that's a good coach right there. So I hope selfishly, I hope he comes back to and is a co coordinator here at Ohio State. So we'll see what happens. But I hope he does because I know he's an asset and he would be a, a, a great addition to Ryan Day's staff. And I know money's not a problem to pay these guys to come back and coach college.
0: Uh no, in that realm, did you see where uh Ohio State will pay its ten assistant football coaches two point seven million dollars in bonuses, and Ryan Day gets four hundred fifty grand in bonuses for the season that they had. So three point one five million dollars in bonuses. Three point. Mi- I looked, so I thought three million bucks. You got a problem with bonuses? that, comrade? No, I don't, comrade. <laughs> I just, hey man, any nobody steals money unless you got a gun in your hand, but. I went back and I thought, when did they ever pay their head coach $3 million? When was the first time they paid their head coach $3 million? It had to be Tress back in... Tress in, like, 2009. So, essentially a decade ago. For the first time, they went over $3 million for their head coach. Now they're... And I remember a day where Gene Smith said... We're never going to pay a coordinator a million dollars. Yeah. The SEC can pay you it. You got it, fine. right. We're never doing that. We're not getting into the arms race. Oh, yeah, you are. When your head coach says, I need this guy. Uh, so now they pay multiple coordinators over a million dollars. The money, it rarely runs out at Ohio State. And, I mean, football makes it all. So it shouldn't run out for football because they float every sport there. It's just the, the number is eye-opening. Three million. I remember Jim Brown, the ex golf coach, not the not the football player. Good man, uh, Jim Brown, ex golf coach. One year I was doing a story on a coaching bonus they were giving um, Nancy Darsh for getting to the Final Four, and Jim Brown had won like 18 Big Ten championships in golf and a national championship. And he, I said, "What kind of bonus do you get?" And he goes, "I never gotten a bonus." And I said, well, "Does it does that tick you off that she's getting a bonus and you're not?" He goes. No. He said, I always thought my job was winning. Like, I never thought I'd get a bonus for winning. Like, my job's to win. Mm-hmm. So, I just, what I'm hired to do, I'm hired to win. Ryan Day's going to get a big raise. He should get a big raise. Well, you got to give him a big raise to keep him. I mean, you want you don't want him making $2 million when somebody's willing to come in and pay him six or seven.
1: Oh, yeah. Well, I, I think the, the thing that's going to happen is that it, I don't think they can make the buyout big enough because if an NFL owner wants him, there's nothing you're gonna do no, to stop him Stop him! No way. So, but I, I don't have any problem with these guys getting bonuses. I, I I do think though that the more that these bonuses are out there and exposed, um, these guys did not earn these bonuses on their own.
0: They got a lot of help from the players and where does that help yeah. come from see this is a hard case to make that you can't afford to pay the players exactly. when you give I mean when you give the assistant coaches Three million person yeah. bonuses. That's you think my issue. That's my issue. You think that's it. a hard case to yeah, make? That's a hard case to make. And believe, I
1: want the coaches to get bonuses. I'm happy that they get bonuses. They deserve bonuses.
0: Just pay them. But him a don't, big- just pay him a bigger base.
1: But but don't or, or you can do that. Like yeah. I mean, you could certainly negotiate that. I I, w- I would be one. I've always been, even in my contracts as a player, Bruce, I've always taken – I'll take a little more up front than as opposed – you don't need to yes. pay me a workout bonus or right. this or that to come in here and get up whatever amount of money to lift weights. Just put it in my contract and pay me up front and guarantee that part of it as opposed to maybe getting more of a bonus if I got certain uh, awards or whatever. But it uh, – you're gonna sit here and tell me, oh, that you know we don't have the money, we can't afford it. Uh, and by the way, here's three million, boys. Good job. And players, you know, you get an extra smoothie for the night. Yeah, you I mean get just, to put the protein powder, the expensive protein, in the smoothie this week. That's your bonus.
0: To say that you can't afford to pay. The, don't say it. Take, yeah. uh, look, just take the three million and <laughs> take every athlete. Because always they go, well, what are you gonna pay the lacrosse player and what are you gonna pay? I don't care. I don't care, you know. Just take all oh, right. If you want to, you think the football players, if they took the three million and divided it by every athlete who got a varsity letter at Ohio State, whatever three million bucks divided by <laughs> hundreds of people would be. Do you think the players would go? Nah, not good enough. It's better than zero. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, you just can't keep making. And the list of coaches, I I I think I included it on our Spielman and Hooley newsletter, which you can get. Become an insider by uh, making – just send me your email address at uh, podcast at gmail.com. It's not just Ohio State. Everybody does it. Imagine the they bonuses at that. LSU, Oklahoma, Clemson. You know, they all get these big, fat bonus checks at the end of the year. Randy Edsel gets a huge bonus check at Connecticut. I mean, a lot of guys get a bonus for going to a bowl. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you're 6-6, six and six, you get a bonus? Like, come on, you're 500 coach. Again, I don't care if you negotiate it. Great, good job. Use your leverage. Exactly. I'd love to have leverage. Use it. I'm not against bonuses. I'm against them saying we can't find the money to pay these kids. Yes, you can.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's no, there's no way around that, and and they know it's coming, and and they also, you you know, the name, image, and likeness. I'm glad is, you brought that. Coming, up. and that's I. Probably will not see the benefits of it, but I think that people in the future are going to see the benefits of it. It's going through Congress now. There's a bill in California. There's a bill in North Carolina. Uh, Anthony Mm -hmm. Gonzalez, United States representative, former Ohio State Buckeye out of the Cleveland area, Mm -hmm. is uh, getting ready to introduce a bill. Uh, I've, I've talked to some of these folks and given my opinion on where it should be and what I would do with it and how I would do it. Uh, I do think they want to stay away from the direct payments, but I do think there's something to be said about letting a player market or or brand himself. And my ideas are still out there. I don't know how you implement it, but set up some type of savings account or some type of fund and do it as a has need basis. If these players want to earn this money and, Then if the player is a number one second overall pick like Chase Young's going to be and say Chase made 100 grand while he was at Ohio State. Hey, you know what? I mean, I want to give the 100 grand back to the university to a certain fund or a foundation or I want to give it to the general scholarship fund or I want to put it in to help other players or maybe I can put it in to help maybe give uh, offset some expenses for some other athletes on other teams. Uh, that's the direction I would go. But it's coming, and there's not a lot they can do about it, and it's going to pass eventually. Tough to do it in an election year, but it does have bipartisan support in Washington, and, and it's happening, and there's nothing that any athletic director or president can do to stop it, although I happen to think and believe that presidents are really trying to fight this and lobby this as much as they, they can,
0: but this is something that came to me after we watched the championship game on Monday night, and everybody remembers Odell Beckham's out there, he's handing out cash, and that was oh, that's terrible. That's his moment though, Bruce. He it's won his, it's it Odell's national moment. Game. Odell won the national championship. You're so man. unsympathetic toward Odell's struggles. I am. It just, just drives me crazy. Poor guy never gets any press. <laughs> At any rate. Bottom line, I looked at that and I thought, okay, that's a, whoa, that's quite a visual image. A guy out there on a the field handing out cash to college football players. And you're right. They hate the whole idea, the college structure, you know, administratively at the NCAA and the presidential level. Hate the idea of direct payments. They would love it for players to get the money in a savings account and be able to get a little bit of pizza. That's but my. They don't want them driving a Tesla to campus. Yeah. But you know what? The kid's earning the money. Why can't you spend it? But my point on Odell Beckham was, at its root level, isn't Odell Beckham on the field handing out cash compensation for name and likeness? He wasn't out there handing out cash to band members. He wasn't out there handing out cash to Clemson players. He was out there handing out cash to LSU players. So he was compensating them. For their name and likeness as LSU players, because he was a former LSU player and he's got a lot of, you know, of capital and ability to do that. I want somebody to tell me how that's not. Boil it all down him being a narcissist, yes. You know, uncomfortable yes. How's that yes. not getting a
1: bonus? Like, what if he's giving that bonus to a coach? That would be legal.
0: That would be fine. He could walk out there and hand Ed Orgeron ten grand in cash. And then people would be like, oh, you yeah, know, wait till the locker room. People said wait on the locker room. Why? what's the difference? It's, it isn't that compensation for those players name and likeness. Yeah.
1: And it's it's press for Odell who's going to either benefit Which I or not. know he hates he hates yeah, the press. Yeah. Well, he's trying to avoid that and <laughs> you know, he doesn't want it to be about him and especially when he takes the the blowhorn or whatever or the band member and the guys trying to steal it from him. Yeah,
0: the uh the the little thing. Yeah. The little PA thing. Yeah. So, but I mean, am I wrong? Isn't that name and likeness? No, no,
1: all that can fall under name, image, and likeness. I mean, you know, that's that's the whole point. And so, you know, when you go back three years and I think about this, and, and through the lawsuit that was filed that I filed against Ohio State and IMG, Learfield Management, and IMG, um, You know, that battle still is is ongoing and continuing. I did settle with Ohio State, and we worked out the deal where the money went to uh, the Spielman Fund and to the William White Fund. Whatever money that I received turned around and went back to the university. Mm -hmm. I am trying to offer uh, a vision as far as how to sell uh, the presidents on it and how this money can be worked for everybody and everybody can win now. There's smarter people than me that can figure out the logistics of how to do that. But I gotta believe that there's some way to be able to do that. And
0: I just hope the whole thing ends in you testifying before Congress. Mister Spielman goes to Washington. I, I really no, want to see that. you my, should be there. You were on the forefront of this.
1: Yeah, but it's not my.
0: No, I know, but I just want to see it. Look, it, it, it's it's not up to me anymore.
1: It's in the hands of of of. Uh, uh, Well, in the state of Ohio, at least, I think Anthony's taken, Anthony Gonzalez, Representative Gonzalez is taking the lead. Makes sense. On this. And my job's done. You know, that's my, the whole thing is. But they
0: always bring in people who have knowledge and all that kind of stuff. There's nothing I can
1: testify to. What what do I testify to that.
0: I want to see like a senator come at you and see how you handle that on C SPAN. That'd be great TV. C-SPAN doesn't get great TV very. You'd <laughs> yeah, be great yeah, TV. That'd be
1: great on C-SPAN. You could be on Fox News. I'll just send my. Uh, we'll do a podcast and I'll just send my testimony here. There. That's a, That's the thing. That you asked me about these, like this Walter Camp thing. And, yes, and I want to hear about Walter Camp. But but all that stuff, you know. And I was thinking on the plane home yesterday, and I'm sitting
0: there. First of all, let's let's. T- Spiels was named to the all-time Walter Camp football All-America team. He was in Connecticut over the weekend. Um, I'm putting you on the spot. Can you tell me who Walter Camp was? He was a coach. Starting coach, Yale, started okay. basically started football. Okay,
1: sorry. Oh, no, that's all, well. I wouldn't expect you to know your history. No,
0: well, I don't know why. I know Walter <laughs> Camp was. I assumed he was a legendary coach, and because okay. this was at Yale, I figured it was at Yale. Yeah, I
1: thought you would have been smart enough. You yes, were up there. I saw it. you.
0: Big picture of you and Chris Berman.
1: Well, Chris Berman was picture of you and Greg Skrebnik. Greg Skrebnik, yes. Uh, big Blood man. on the
0: field, Greg Skrebnik. He
1: he is a, such a nice man and. Huge. I mean, he's six, big dude. eight. In, Michigan offensive tackle. Yeah. You're
0: making nice with Michigan guys.
1: Well, it's trying to get world peace. You. Why wouldn't you yeah. seek
0: those guys out now? What do they got to say? No, Nothing. he's exactly.
1: <laughs> he said, "I want to talk trash to you, Chris," but I can't. I said, "Well, I'm glad you're not because you're six, eight, four hundred and fifty pounds. I'm glad you're not." But Greg is actually an interesting story. Uh, check it out on my Twitter if you look at it, Chris on with a, at Chris underscore Spielman? There's a picture of Greg Scrappanac, and um, you know, I was dealing with some. Actually, spent some time with Luke keekley too up mm. there, which was interesting. And Luke's decision to walk away from football this year, and the 28 years old, Oof. probably a future Hall of Fame linebacker, mm-hmm. great player. But you know, Greg got up to 500, over 500 pounds. Wow! And he's a big man, and and he's down to like 450, and he looks, he's big, he looks good. But just uh, he's talking about his diet and he's having some issues with his head and mm-hmm. concussions. So we were just talking about that. But it was it was uh, spent a lot of time speaking with him. And he's such a good man. And, you know, the the beautiful thing about football is once you're out, everybody is working for a common mm-hmm. good now. And but my point I wanted to make is you talk about what I testify in front of Congress or about this name, image and likeness. Of course I would. But yeah. <sighs> Even, like, at this water camp thing, it was so cool and nice and all that. But my time is done, you know. And that's – it goes back to – just hear me out. It goes back to the OBJ thing. These moments aren't about me anymore. The moments are about the kids that are All-Americans this year. The moments are about Keenan Lowe, who I'll share a story with in our face segment, about Mm -hmm. the Keenan Lowe was the coach at Oregon that disarmed a kid – you'll have to Google it. Okay. He disarmed a kid – at Park Rose High School in Oregon that went into the school with a shotgun oh my and Keenan Lowe uh, is the head football coach there and a security unarmed security officer and he did his job and took the gun away from the kid and I'm going to tell you how you did how he did it and which I think you'll be surprised uh, it's about the uh, <laughs> coach Robert Menendez um, the coach out of um, Oh, I forget where he's from, and excuse me, Robert, for doing this, but that's the coach that was honored at the ESPYs with no arms and no legs. Wow. And he's coaching football, Bruce. So nobody cares that, hey, back in 1987, I was an All-American for Walter Camp. Nobody cares. I don't – I mean, I do. It's nice, but – that's not my. It's not my moment. It's not my time. No, but you Just, understand that. But but, football's it, but a but game of tradition. My, People yeah, like to remember the. I, I get that, but that's my thing about this con- congressional thing. If it ever, if I ever ever was asked to testify, it's not my job. I, I can't do anything to move it for or against. I did what I had to do from my perspective, to move it forward for the greater good, and especially for former players.
0: Can I tell, what, can able I tell to, you why? I want
1: to finish my thought okay. to be able to uh, benefit off my name, image, and likeness. Now, I there's nothing that I can control now. That's in the hands of the people that have the ability to move it forward. I can't move it forward or backward. My time is done as far as being a lead on it, and I can help in any way I can, offer suggestions, but I, I you know cuz somebody said to me well if this ever does pass it, it should be called the Spielman bill i said what well, are you freaking crazy yeah i know you wouldn't want that
0: i mean why would i want that no that's not that's not who you are which is really chris why i think you would be great testifying because when they when they do this kind of a landmark legislation it would be landmark they do need to they do take the time to go back and explain the need for it And I think you have a servant's heart on this. I remember the phone calls between you and I when you were contemplating this action. And you understood the gravity of it. I mean, you knew the headlines. Chris Spielman, All-American, Suze's alma mater. That troubled you so deeply. But you felt such a call and a conviction, not for yourself. You've been blessed and you've talked about your blessings financially and stuff. But there were Former players who had a genuine need, who I don't think it was malicious. The schools just didn't think of them. They're like, hey, guy played here. We can do whatever we want. Yeah, and There were guys who had a need. You can go, if if asked, you could go to Congress and you could speak eloquently and passionately and with sensitivity to why this is necessary, mm-hmm. why it's necessary. Much like in the whole NFL concussion debate the guys who got left out, this is always the way it is, are the old players. You can't always go back and right every wrong, and we we evolve in our thinking and all that stuff, but there were players like Mike Webster and all these guys who, sure. how many players struggled with head injuries and we didn't even have it on our radar to compensate yeah. them or to think about medical stuff for them. So in this name, image, and likeness thing, I think they'll want to know, well, why are we here today? Well, we're here today because this is what's been going on. Here's a gentleman who's prospered uh, in life apart from football and thanks to football and he has a story to tell. Let's hear his story to understand the people who this can benefit. I think that's why I would say I really do want to see you testify because I think you can tell the story for guys who can't tell the story or who people won't find.
1: Say there's a um, uh, ex-Ohio State athlete, say – that I'm Chase Young. I'm only using Chase because Chase make a lot of money? is going to make a lot of money, and I'm so happy for him. And he's going to get to live his dream. But say that Chase says, "Okay, Ohio State had the four, uh, foresight in the vision to put a players' assistance fund, much like we um um s- s- grew a patients' assistance fund out for the Stephanie Spielman fund." Mm-hmm for breast cancer research not a lot of people know that we actually have two different funds the one big fund is obviously the the research fund but Stephanie also saw this need for patients assistance well how about student athlete assistance after they're done playing so somebody patient can, assistance does what uh it it offers funds for like groceries or or rides sure. or wigs or massage therapy yeah, the needs or, you or have just one. any needs that you may have maybe yeah. I don't know all the in particulars because there's legal things that go into that too. That uh, I don't want to say it does something then it does not. But there's certainly people that have all the legal things that it can and cannot do. I just know for the basic needs. Now, there's know, an
0: economic hardship yeah. oftentimes, particularly in two-income families, that come when
1: I know. Yeah, and I know one time we we uh, um, more than once we actually provided a Christmas for right. families through this patients assistance fund, but. I guess the the point is the student athlete former student athlete fund where somebody may hey I'm a little down on my luck I'm not going to be able to make rent this you know and Chase was able to con- I'm not putting any pressure on Chase or anything like that cuz his money he can do with it what he wants but just imagine if we can set up that fund not only to help ex football players but help every ex Ohio State athlete some and, would need it some would not and just yeah. but that's why I was trying, I was trying to uh, uh, and I get it. There's got to be study groups and all that crap involved or committees to f- figure things out. I get all that. But it's just simple. How state sets up this fund and the players don't use the money that they make off their name, image and likeness. and want to donate it to this fund to give back to the players that may need it, that don't have a professional career, uh, that have come on hard times. What is wrong with that? What is wrong? If we can – and, and I'm glad for this. If we can pay $3 million in bonuses, which these guys earned as coaches, yep. then let the players and coaches – and get the coaches involved. Maybe, maybe a coach like Greg Madison, who's been coaching forever, and I'm, I don't know Greg's financial situation, but let's just say since Greg has been coaching so long and probably making pretty good money, hey, you know this bonus? I want to put it to that ex-athlete fund for Ohio State. I mean – that can help these guys out, and I'm not saying come back and get their degree. Hey, I need cash. Can somebody help me here? Yeah, and it could be anything. Rent. It could be a wrestler. It can be emergency. a basketball player. It can be a fencer. It can be pistol rifle. Yeah, it can be the the beautiful crew team that we have with the beautiful boathouse that we have right. now. It could be all of that. Absolutely. So that's that's my fight, and that's. If, if they, where I want to get involved next is to offer the ideas, not the implementation of the ideas because I'm not smart enough, but to offer the idea of what maybe we can do with this
0: money that players can generate off their nil
1: name, image, and likeness.
0: There we go. Uh, please review our podcast uh, on iTunes. Uh, we include in our Spielman and Hooley newsletter a uh, tutorial at pleasereviewmypodcast.com on how to do it. I honestly. Uh, do not know how to do it, but we'll try to simplify that, send a link out, put a link on Twitter, because we love reading your thoughts on our podcasts and uh, how we're doing what we're doing, because we uh, endeavor to, you know, touch on topics that you guys uh, like and that uh, you guys find uh, important. And you can also email the show at podcast at gmail.com. This one comes from John. He says, with the Super Bowl around the corner, what are some of your favorite past memories of Super Bowls? Bruce, if the Browns ever made it to the Super Bowl, what would be the first thing you'd do having been a diehard Browns fan all these years? I'd probably faint. Um, I thought they were going uh, the drive year with the Broncos. I was covering that game for the Miami, Florida News. I was sitting in the press box, and I was going to cover the Super Bowl. And when Brian Brennan scored, I thought, I'm covering the NFL. I'm going to cover my first Super Bowl. My team's going to be in it. Then we know what happened. They weren't in it. So it's because yeah. you got cocky. I, got I actually cocky. it's the
1: Hooli curse is alive. And a, that's my when
0: it started Kicked off to the Broncos and they fumbled it around a two yard line and I'm like, man, this baby's in the bag. No, it wasn't. No, LA had too much time. Yeah, I, I wouldn't enjoy it now like I would have when I was younger because I just think as I've gotten older, it's you know, the team allegiances mean less to me. Except for Ohio State basketball, that one. <laughs> yeah. That one's still stuck in my head. I haven't mastered that one yet. Um, Your Super Bowl memories? I hate
1: them all. <laughs> it's the worst day of the year for me. I don't want to have anything to do with it. I went to the Philadelphia New England Super Bowl in Minneapolis two years ago, and you might as well put me in Hades. It's got to be the same thing. No, it's not. Okay, the same I know. All right, just uh, let me be. Speak a little with hyperbole, hyperbole. a tad there. Thank you. Um. And the reason being is that's as a career person, that's all I ever wanted. It's all I ever worked for. It's all I ever dreamed about. And I fell short. And so every Super Bowl that's on, I despise. I go to my brother-in-law's for a Super Bowl party. The food is great. I enjoy it. I might watch 30 seconds of the game uh, yesterday. Championship Sunday is the second worst day of my year every single year. I hate it. My wife asked me what's wrong with me. I said I didn't get to play in this game. I'm so jealous and envious. Uh, and many of you know, if you listen to the last podcast, I'm on a 6,000-mile cardio challenge for the year. I was able to conquer 32 miles yesterday you via bike. need to bike. dial that back, man. No, I'm doing it
0: on artificial hips. That can't Doesn't, be good for your. Artificial
1: hips. hip, not hips. Okay. Well, you're going to have soon to, to be artificial you're hips. Have to have two. Doesn't matter. I'm up. going six thousand miles because uh, I said I'm going six thousand miles. The code, yes, I get it. And so, to answer the question, there's nothing I enjoy about no good memories of an NFC Championship, and there's zero good memories of a Super Bowl.
0: Okay, John. Thanks for <laughs> the email. Uh, podcast of the day, or a uh, uh, review of the day, it comes from iPhone 5 Crushes. He says, uh, I moved back home and missed the C-Bus chatter. Loved you guys when I was a student back in 2003 to 2006. So glad that I can listen here in New York. Thank you for the uh, review. We okay. Appreciate it very much. All right. Uh, this is the portion of the podcast where we transition into the faith segment. As I said in the newsletter, we always put it at the end so that it's easy to find if you're mm-hmm. interested in it. Or it's easy to click out of if you're not interested in it, uh, because we like to do what Chris and Steph made their mission when uh, they took their battle public, and that is to expose their faith to everyone without imposing it on anyone. And the point that I made in the Spielman-Hooley newsletter faith blog this week is that model was Jesus's model. He mm-hmm. exposed his faith to everyone. He did not impose it on anyone. There's a scripture, famous scripture in Matthew. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and have fellowship with him. That's great. But Jesus is the ultimate gentleman. He will not force his way into your life. And the reason we do the Faith Podcast is because we uh, order everything in our life around our faith Uh, We believe strongly it is the best way to live, not just here on earth, but it's the only way to live eternally, to accept his uh, death at the cross and resurrection and the perfection that that imputes to you because none of us are good enough. But we put it at the end so that if you want to hear it, you can find it, and if you don't want to hear it, you don't have to listen.
1: Do you know why Jesus exposed what he was instead of imposed what he was? I mean, you said that. uh, I I was going to. Maybe we have a different idea. I'll, I'll go first. Because I, I believe that Christianity is all based off the relationship, right? Everything's about this personal relationship with God because God wants a personal relationship with us. So he did that through his son, Jesus. And so you can't have much of a relationship if you are forced to be in a relationship. And so that's why it basically we get asked out on a date and we either have to accept the date or you don't accept the date, but there's, there's nothing that forces us to go on that date. And so in order for Christianity is based off of a relationship and a personal relationship, which is, I think, pretty unique to all great world religions. So that's why, uh, we're giving you the choice to choose. It's an ultimately your choice to listen to this part of it or not to listen to this part of it. So is that what you were going to say? Yeah, I'm free, assuming it was yeah, free, free will. will yeah. yeah,
0: free will. It's a choice. And um, you, you said it a lot more economically than I well, did. Well, no, I, I like I <laughs> yeah, like free, free will. Chris, get to it. it. I mean, you know, we want our families, our wives, our children to love us because it's their choice, not because you know we want them to respect us because we've earned that, not because we demand it or uh, if you don't. Uh, so that's stands to reason that in a relationship with you, God would want the same exact thing. Yeah
1: um okay I, I want to share on um, the story of Keenan Lowe Keenan Lowe was a high school football coach and many of you probably saw this because it is it was a national story was a high school football coach in Oregon he was an unarmed security guard at Park Rose High School there was a kid that walked into the school with a 12 gauge shotgun he followed Keenan Lowe into this building at the school. Keenan Lowe was able to dis- disarm him and he did it without violence. He, saw, he said he saw it in the kid's eyes and he knew right then and there. And I don't know where Keenan stands on, on the faith perspective. I'm just knowing how this man responded. Mm-hmm. And he responded with love. He said, something told me that all this kid needed was a hug. Takes the shotgun off of him and talks to him and then he's hugging him and he prevented what could have been uh just an awful 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 tragedy and to meet this kid and he played a receiver in Oregon
0: yeah august uh, 2019 was the incident yeah
1: and just to to meet Keenan and to see the humility and
0: you met uh, him over uh, the weekend yes okay. and i
1: and i talked to him and I didn't talk to him a lot about the incident because I know the story, but I just I talked to him like, hey, so tell me what kind of defense you're running, what kind of offense you're running, you know? And it's, I think he seemed to like to yeah, of course to to talk about that. And he was so proud that they won the first conference championship in in the school history. And I was sitting, we were going to an event, and we we're sitting in the bus, and I just admired this guy so much. And I'm sitting, that's what this 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 is what should be. Recognize not a guy that was an all-American 30 years ago. I, I mean, it's nice, but I'm just saying this. This should be what we recognize. And again, the beautiful thing. I had no faith conversation about this guy, but I saw Christ in his eyes. You know, and and to me, like M- Mother Teresa said it. You know, be, whoever you meet may be Jesus in disguise. And I'm not saying I just saw peace in such compassion mm. and the composure that this guy did it with and he did it with love so that first corinthians sixteen thirteen 13 and 14 be on your guard kenan was on his guard
0: yeah
1: uh, i think he uh stood firm in his faith how about the courage that kenan showed yeah how about the strength be strong. that he showed yeah. And how about the love, love that, he that he showed and that he recognized that this kid, or God gave him the, the instinct or the feeling to recognize that this kid needs love. And, and and But that's the, you know, it's just an amazing story to me. And I also think the God placed uh, the guy in Texas that took out the shooter in the church to stop evil. And Kenan and Keenan was able to stop evil because God used what Keenan had was compassion for this kid. And I don't think I could have rea- I don't think I would have reacted that way. I really, I have no idea how I would react, but I don't think I would react that way. But for Keenan to be able to recognize that, uh, that's God amongst us. That's angels amongst us. That's God using us. And I had a friend ask me this weekend and he's just getting into the bible and he's just starting to learn cuz he's making a journey and i say hey don't believe this because i'm telling you to believe it that's 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 unfair to you and he said to me he said boy those disciples were screw ups <laughs> and and he almost like was apologetic like yeah. he didn't want to say it. i said of course they were yeah i mean that's who he used and that's that gives you that gives us faith that's that that eliminates the excuse that anybody can ever use by saying, I screwed up way too much in my life for God to ever accept me or love me, so oh, the heck with it. I'm just going to roll the dice here. No. Don't know just what you believe, but know why you believe it, and understand that you, no matter what we've done or who you've done or what has happened or what's gone on in your life, it's never too late, man. And that's the, the cool thing. And for me, To sit there, to watch him and talk to a man was one of the greatest, most humbling experiences of my life that disarmed a school shooter with love.
0: That is powerful stuff and uh, really cool that your weekend in Connecticut, which before you went, I don't think you would have expected it to be about that. No, I was dreading
1: going because I had to get on a plane and I had to go sit through a four-hour banquet.
0: Worth the trip though, right? Absolutely.
1: Absolutely.
0: That's how life works when we keep... going. Uh, so miserable, though, aren't it you got a weekend away with your <laughs> lovely wife. <laughs> God got a hold of you. Again. Again. Keeps happening to both of us. Absolutely. All right. We'll uh, reconvene on Wednesday. We'll have uh, more to say about the Super Bowl coming up. And whatever transpires between now and then, maybe the hiring of George Payton as the uh, Browns GM. We can hope. I... Give us a little scoopage before we, uh, the band's playing, but you got time to scoopage. I don't know. I just would say this I'm not
1: overly optimistic. But I, why why would you be if it's to the Browns? I I don't know. Why would you be? I don't know any information. I'm going on gut instinct.
0: Just say I'm not overly optimistic. I hope I'm wrong. All right. On the Browns GM, we're not overly optimistic. On life, we are, and we appreciate you joining us. Have a great Monday.